When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is best friend of the show, Monica Cabina, artist and colorist on Batman The Adventures Continue. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another bonus episode of the DCAU Review I am one of your hosts, Cal, and with me, my good friend and good brother, it's Liam. Liam, we are out here covering another issue, issue four to be exact, of Batman The Adventures Continue uh, as we are uh, here in season two, quote unquote, season two of Batman The Adventures Continue, issue number four. And uh, we have an interesting one today as we are tackling the latest issue uh, released earlier this week with the title of the story being The Muscle. That's right. Uh, and yet another issue in this second season, quote unquote, of Batman The Adventures Continue. And uh, we have a, a really fun one to talk about. And one we were talking about a little bit off the air, but one that really feels like it stepped right out of Ironically, even though this is obviously taking after the the new Batman adventures as far as character designs and and some of the where the characters are in their in their journeys, this really does feel like it could have walked out of that that first those first 65 episodes of the original series, both in the tone and the art and visuals that we'll certainly get to, uh, but uh, also in, in the story itself. Yeah, it's it's uh man, those guys uh, that write for this comic, uh, Mr. Burnett and Mr. Dini, uh, whoever they are, they might have a a future in telling Batman stories. I don't know. <laughs> you know you should uh, it, Warner Brothers should, should sit down and talk with them and see if they want to you know you know write some stories for animation or something. And so, I I like that idea. Hey, yeah, I'm I'm throwing it out there. You know, uh, I'll take full credit for it if it happens. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a fun one because uh, we get the return of some uh, pivotal uh, original Batman the Animated Series villains here, and we get the introduction of a brand new character as well. Uh, we get some of the character focus shifted uh, off of the Bat Team, and this uh, ends up being a focus on a almost a uh, a. a completely focused on the GCPD and specifically one member of the GCPD, uh, Renee Montoya. So we'll talk about that. We have Rupert Thorne making an appearance. We have Harvey Bullock uh, making an appearance as well. And then uh, we, we have, uh, we have of course the dark Knight himself. So as you said, very much, this feels like a season one or season two, uh, whatever that original 65 or whatever it was uh, episode run of, of Batman, the animated series, this could, be slotted uh, right in there as you mentioned before we went on the air so getting into the plot here uh, of the of the book itself we we open up uh, on a uh, guy who's getting his butt 
pretty much handed to him uh, by this uh, brand new character that we learn uh, also named the muscle. So uh, the story itself named the muscle, the character itself uh, simply goes by the moniker, the muscle. And he's kind of given this guy the business. Uh, <laughs> this is an issue, by the way, that features a lot of violence. Like it's not graphic. There's not blood that's shown, but multiple gunshot wounds, lots of, lots of death or implied death at least. And, and uh, some, some pretty strong uh, fisticuffs happening here is the muscle is uh, living up to his name pretty much here in this, uh, the first couple pages. Yeah. There's sort of this dramatic beat down and then he escapes from this. Uh, they're, they're on a boat and he blows it up. So there's truly no trace. And we get an introduction to a, a mysterious man who apparently hired this muscle who is apparently was collecting some evidence for him. He, he mentions that he is a, a former uh, public public official in Gotham and that he mentions with the recent death, quote unquote, of, of Mayor Hill, that it might be time for him to return to public office, but that he needed to tie up some loose ends. And the muscle makes it pretty clear that he doesn't really care why anyone hires him. He's just there to do his job and get paid and even pulls a, a very Batman-esque uh, disappearing act on the, the gentleman in question. Yeah, which led me to initially believe uh, that perhaps that this would be revealed to potentially be uh, Jason Todd or perhaps uh, another one of the Bat Team members in disguise, maybe the returning uh, Jean-Paul Valley for as Azrael, uh, mm-hmm. perhaps perhaps taking a dark turn. But uh, no, this is a completely new character from uh, from what we can tell here. Uh, his true identity never quite released, but uh, we can definitely uh, tell that he's not uh, not the general a general team member that we're aware of here. Anybody specifically that we might know but uh, batman then uh it flashes across town goth uh, across gotham and batman is begins narrating the issue as uh he begins talking about uh renee montoya and the gcpd renee montoya looking straight out of a new batman adventures episode here and uh you know complete in her detective gear and she's about to lead the sting operation into a a criminal underbelly in this uh, metalworks factory or this metalworks uh, section of town that's Batman mentions is being torn down, which I'm not sure is a direct reference to perhaps, uh, you know, Gotham sort of undergoing this, uh, this reconstruction or deconstruction, uh, perhaps leading to what we would eventually see in Batman Beyond and tearing down mm-hmm. a lot of the old Gotham to build the new Gotham on top of it. Could be a direct reference, could just be, you know, coincidence and and just mentioning uh, of, of tearing down of old buildings. Not sure, uh, not directly related, not uh, clear there. But uh, so uh, Renee Montoya is leading this thing that does involve the aforementioned Harvey Bullock, as well as a team of GCPD officers. And uh, they are stationed there around this uh this chemical factory that uh we learned very quickly it looks like a i guess it's a drug mill actually uh they're producing something illegal there that uh contains a lot of chemicals and they're about to do this bust and uh, we learned through some dialogue from two of the gangsters that are stationed there that it's actually connected directly to Rupert Thorne. So we get a returning villain, as we mentioned, from that original Batman animated series. Uh, also, of course, in uh, in the Batwoman movie, uh, we have uh, the returning Rupert Thorne. So Rupert Thorne makes an appearance in, in name and then later on in physical presence. But 
uh, this bust uh, from the police to sort of uh, going actually according to plan for a change as they seem to handle things uh, pr- pretty well. And then uh, the two lieutenants in Thorne's uh, uh, empire begin to escape. Batman shows up and is uh, is able to stop them. And Renee Montoya appears that maybe her opinion of Batman has shifted a little bit here because uh, as far as uh, what I can remember on the show, I don't ever remember her thinking of Batman in a poor light, but we have sort of this dynamic that sets up the rest of the issue uh, for Renee is no longer quite fond of Batman. Uh, They, he, she and and Batman have this dialogue after he stops these two guys um, that, you know, she understands he has a place in stopping the maniacal clowns and mentally ill. And those that are, are set out to destroy the city in that form and fashion, but the rank and file criminals uh, that Batman, stops that there's still duty that goes beyond uh, that sort of uh, punching and kicking and that it goes beyond in the prosecuting and the testifying and stuff that Batman, uh, as she shows, uh, throws shade at him, doesn't quite uh, ever participate in. So it's interesting that this dynamic seems to have changed at some point between her opinion of Batman and maybe not being as uh, favorable as it once was. Yeah, we don't really get uh, many details on that. We we've uh, certainly talked about that off the air at the very least. Um, other there's there's one episode in the original animated series that we covered uh, way back there in the archives. I believe back in our uh, fifth or sixth episode, uh, that being POV, um, and that one sort of focuses on uh, Montoya and Bullock as well as uh, another rookie cop and sort of all showing their different sides and their different opinions of Batman and how they see him. And, uh, and in that episode, Montoya and Batman sort of work together to save the day at the end. And it's uh, seemingly they, they part on good terms, but yeah, sometime between then and uh, I guess the end of the original series. And, and when she was promoted to detective, it does appear that her uh, opinions on at least what Batman's role should be, uh, has has sort of uh, soured a little bit as we see her sort of as as you mentioned, sort of talking down to him and talking telling him that he's you know that he basically he he doesn't really ever help clean up the mess uh, that sometimes he he himself is responsible for making and that uh, that conversation sort of interrupted as uh, the muscle appears to about to, about to be to take Montoya out with a sniper rifle but uh, Bullock actually is the one who makes the save there who. I guess notices the uh, the reflection from the scope or something, and is able to see him. And and then Batman and Montoya sort of spring into action, and we get a a fight between Batman and this mysterious muscle. And uh, and we figure out that no, that's that's really not just a, a nickname, as he he's shown to have some sort of a, a superhuman strength. It appears, and he kind of takes off Batman and, and nearly gets rid of Montoya, but is sort of forced to retreat as they work together to, to run him off. And that brings us into, uh, as you mentioned, Cal, the uh, returning Rupert Thorne, who is uh, very upset to see that not only is she still alive, but she's now getting a commendation as a result of her busting this, uh, this operation that Thorne had going. And the muscle assures him that she will be dead very quickly. And, and that cuts us down to some sort of, uh, to, an, uh, to an event where Montoya is receiving this, uh, this commendation. And uh, we do get a, a bit of a cameo there from uh, the mayor's son, Ham- Hamilton Hill Jr. 
as uh, he has, uh, I guess, in, in the meantime, before this, this upcoming mayoral election that is alluded to, he is sort of filling in for his father at the time being as far as uh, pinning, pinning the medals on, uh, on those deserving, at least in the meantime. And, and we get to see Montoya give a little bit of a speech and talks about the much of what she was talking to Batman about earlier is that the, the team effort and the amount of work that's, that goes into her job and, and what, and what needs to be done. And, and uh, we also get the introduction, I think that for the first time in, uh, in this continuity, we do get the confirmation that she is much like her comic counterpart is a lesbian. She, we introduce her, her significant other in this episode and uh, she and she and her, her significant other and Bruce Wayne, uh, get to talking a little bit about uh, continuing that discussion about Renee's uh, distaste for Batman. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Bruce uh, has decided that he's going to uh, help keep an eye on Renee because he feels like since the muscle was unsuccessful initially in taking care of Renee, that he's going to come back, certainly not being satisfied with failing in his mission. So uh, he imagines he's offered to give Renee, her significant other, a, a ride back from this event. And uh, as you mentioned, there's some amusing dialogue that's had uh, by, uh, by by the three of them in the car as Alfred is driving. And and Gloria, who is uh, who is uh, Renee's wife or girlfriend, not sure. It's not clearly defined what their relationship is. She's not wearing a ring. So perhaps girl girlfriend um is uh is actually imploring renee to potentially go a little bit lighter on batman uh and they're interrupted immediately by this uh this truck sideswiping them and uh there's a, a shooting that occurs into the car right after this uh the door is ripped off of the the limousine that they're riding in and uh the the muscle is here he's gonna take uh take take Renee out at this point Bruce has no time to change into his uh into his Batman costume but begins to step in between uh both the muscle and Renee and uh, actually ends up getting shot in his shoulder and ends up suffering a concussion wakes up in the hospital sort of unaware of what exactly happened uh but sees that Renee he actually gave Renee Montoya enough time uh, for her to return fire to the muscle and scare him off um, Bruce asks uh, about Gloria and making sure that she's okay. And uh, we are, we see a cut scene where uh, Renee says that she's currently being watched by uh, two officers uh, to keep her safe. But wouldn't you know it in true GCPD fashion, uh, those bumbling fools, unfortunately get knocked out uh, by the muscle and Gloria is taken captive and uh, is being held uh, by the, the muscle and obviously setting up a trap to finish off Renee Montoya after this. And she excuses herself in the middle of the, of a conversation with Bruce and Bruce is immediately suspect that something is up because she leaves by herself. She takes one of the cop cars and she was sort of acting, uh, acting odd after she gets this phone call. So uh, Batman or Bruce decides, Hey, it's time to time to leave the hospital much to Alfred's chagrin, who has uh, done nothing but uh, treat him uh, like the son that he is to him and implore him to listen to his doctor's orders in true Alfred fashion. But uh, Bruce in true Bruce fashion decides, uh, yeah, that's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna fly. I, I gotta, I gotta jet. 
Uh, so uh, Bruce actually uh, is driven back to the Batcave in the Lamborghini that that uh, Alfred brought there. And uh, as he's getting ready and and uh, he is has a GPS tracker on on Renee and sees that she's sort of just driving around in circles in an attempt to uh, an attempt to lose anybody that might be tailing her or to give uh, give the appearance that everything is okay. But Bruce Bruce knows otherwise and. Alfred begins to to wonder if if Batman is going to go meet up with uh, Montoya and hope to intercept the muscle, despite the fact that he has this brace on his arm that looks a little bit could be uh, similar to the brace and and function that he actually uses in the comic adaptation of the Batman Beyond uh, uh, Rebirth comic. Uh, there's mm-hmm. sort of this prologue that happens in uh, Batman Beyond Rebirth in the comic version, at least. That sort of gives you an idea of of Batman and the technology that he was introducing and b- before he actually built the Beyond suit. So something that looks very similar. It's this this brace that uh, is, is sort of hydraulically powered, perhaps, or definitely has some technology mixed in with it. But uh, he prevents him from driving. So uh, Bruce informs Alfred that if he had fun driving the Lamborghini, wait till he gets behind the wheel of the Batmobile. So we get some comedy that occurs after that as Alfred is driving the Batmobile and Renee ends up showing up to the hideout where the, the muscle is located. And wouldn't you know it, he picked a fitness a fitness center, the muscle zone fitness center where he showed up. So uh, Renee meets up with, with him as Batman and Alfred drive in pursuit of her. And uh, she's well aware that it's a trap and uh, the, the muscles begins to, uh, to set the trap and attempt to, to do away with uh, Renee, but wouldn't you know it? She's got uh, a few tricks up her sleeve that are reminiscent of uh, the dark Knight himself. That's right. That, that sort of leads us into our climactic battle. Is uh, she does take a she does take a shot from uh, from from the muscle, but it is uh, saved by a bulletproof vest and a badge that uh, prevents her from uh, from being too badly injured, and that gives Batman to, time to spring into action. And, and he and the and the muscle have another sort of brief fight it's it's clear especially dude batman being injured that he's not really a match for the muscle at this stage but thankfully he is a it's sort of again a team effort there as the muscle begins to run at uh batman holding actually a big uh a big dumbbell over his head uh and uh is shot in both arms by renee and then drops the weight right on his head and that's enough to knock him unconscious and we we get our our happy ending as renee and gloria are reunited and as we see on the last page, uh, Rupert Thorne's been arrested, though uh, doubtful that that will stick for too much longer. And uh, we get a little bit more of uh, we get a really like it's right out of like the 60s Batman or even like uh, the George Reeves Superman show or something as as they're sort of talking about Batman and like, oh, thank God Batman was there. And it's a shame he wasn't there to stop it, stop uh, Bruce from getting shot earlier. And Alfred is there to, uh, to remind them that, uh, well, Batman can't be everywhere now, can he? And <laughs> we get a very, uh, a very uh, fourth wall sort of a wink and a nod there to, uh, to end our issue. But uh, yeah, uh, as we said at the top of the show here, um, this is so, so much fun. It's great to see a character like Montoya, who obviously has been expanded on by now. She's actually been used in, you know, she was in a live action movie in the the Birds of Prey movie. Uh, she's been, you know, expanded on the comics, actually became an out and out superhero herself. She became a, 
the second person to call herself the question at one point in a, in a really celebrated run of comics. That's that really is phenomenal and worth going out of your way if you've never read it, but uh, it's really cool to see this version. Of course, Montoya originated in this animated series and it's cool to see her get some shine and to see her and, and Batman team up and, and just to have this sort of completely contained sort of mystery plot, not, not even necessarily a mystery, but just this, suspenseful thing where we know there's this hitman who is not only capable but he's he's physically stronger than batman and batman's injured so it, it can't just be a one-man show here and it's you know an example of batman working with a uh you know with a cop this is sort of a, a chance for montoya to have her own sort of a, a bullet for bullet type adventure although maybe less comedic than that one but it's, it's cool to see batman teamed up with like another non-gordon cop here in gotham city yeah, and I, the only thing I didn't necessarily care for, there, although there is plenty of comedy in that that last scene, is there's plenty of weightlifting puns. The muscle is a big thing <laughs> talking about how it's his workout day and how he always appreciates an extra workout as he has to pick up some extra weights and all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, there's 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 certainly some fun to be had there, but it almost feels like uh, for whatever reason, you know, Mr. Dini, Mr. Burnett decided to take that sort of harvey bullock persona and add it to montoya as as mm. this character that didn't doesn't trust batman and that doesn't want batman around and you know that he's poking his nose into police business and we don't really have a, a, a again we don't really have a reason why she kind of went from that character that we saw in pov where she wasn't necessarily endorsing batman but certainly saw him as as a hero helping. And, and that was a standard beat cop moment. That wasn't a Joker. That wasn't a, a Riddler or a Two-Face. That was a standard right. beat cop moment that she worked with him on. So it would be interesting to find out if there was something, you know, perhaps expanded on later, or maybe could have been included in this issue that would have better explained why all of a sudden she has this distrust for Batman. You know, was there maybe, you know, it, it could just be years of being, of being in the city. And, and it's sort of alluded to, I guess, with the idea that that the, you know, the cops are sort of uh, underappreciated and at least the good cops, um, you know, uh, I believe it's uh, Rupert Thorne talks about it uh, in the middle of the, uh, of the issue that uh, the reason why she is, is a, a, a thorn pun intended in his side is because that she can't be bought like the, like a lot of cops. Um, so mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, just a general callousness uh, from her of being a, or a, becoming jaded that you know that the cops are just never given their due and that all is talked about is the the negativity that comes from the cops that are bought off or, or what have you and and batman is a glory hog because of that so it's it's weird because again i that feels very much like harvey bullock as opposed to mm -hmm. montoya um but I do appreciate the fact that they went with a, you know, a, a story about her, the, a character that we talked about that was, as you mentioned, was originated here. And, and certainly I think was well-deserving of, of an expansion, especially that she wasn't really used a whole lot in the new Batman adventures. Um, you know, she made some appearance, more appearances, I, I think in the original Batman animated series. So uh, yeah. And this is a story, again, this feels like, 
it there's certainly some of the aspects of of the main storyline uh going on in the background here is we have this emerson mayfield who who hires the muscle is also the same person that is uh you know going that announces at the end of the issue that he's going to be running for mayor um and as we know plays into the remainder of the the issues that we have coming up here but yeah, very, very interesting that, um, you know, that that they went with that direction with this character. But I love that it feels like it could fit into that original run of episodes. It's just mm-hmm. it's written really well. I love the introduction of a new character. You know, a lot of times I think the expectation was that this character, oh, it's who is this mysterious character that was written all over the solicits for this issue. So wondering, okay, who, so who's this going to turn out to be? Well, it turns out to be just a, a new character. And Paul Dini has a pretty good track record introducing, you know, new characters into, into Batman lore. So I, I love it when he gets the opportunity to in, introduce a new character to as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I liked that too. Cause yeah, the whole time you're looking at it and you're like, uh, and we'll we'll certainly get a, get to that in in voice and uh, not voice acting in uh, in in the art section in a moment here. But uh, most of the issue, the the muscle is in shadow and it's wearing sort of a full face mask. And then later on, we see sort of the the just just the bottom half of his face. He's sort of wearing a uh, I guess like a blue beetle style style mask, where it's sort of the the stocking cap over that over the head and the eyes, and then just sort of the face coming coming out and uh you, you do we do all we really know about him is that he appears to be an african-american man but it, it's not revealed that he's actually you know bronze tiger or somebody like it's not they don't try to sort of force it to be some other character from from dc comics lore and nor does it need to be i think it it totally makes sense that there would be this this new and there's there's plenty of of meta humans and and, uh, and bang babies out there that could this could just be any number of, of people that that gets uh, that has that sort of basic strong guy power set and yeah but I love that there's a a, a new character here completely new and uh, uh, and as we'll get to in the art section uh, a really sleek and striking design to go with it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree completely. So the the plot points we'll have to follow up on, obviously, this Emerson Mayfield and what his role is going to be. Is he going to get tied in, you think, to the, the Court of Owls? Uh, it seems like things will, will point to that, especially based on some of the solicits for the upcoming issues here. He's involved with Old Gotham. Um, you know, is it going to be Batman has to support uh, Hamilton Hill Jr. in a, in a weird weird sense and he's going to protect him from you know Hamilton Hill seniors role in in this uh, and, and perhaps uh, Mayfield will just be a puppet you know for all of this I, I'm not sure but it feels like there's something that's going to be tied back to that court of owls with him being a supposed established character in in this you know in Gotham's past uh, at least in, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to that dialogue at the start when this this Mayfield character is talking about how Hamilton Hill's death has sort of paved the way for him to return to his seat of power in Gotham City. And that could also have a double meaning, not just in being the public face as, as the mayor, but perhaps, yes, perhaps he's also involved in this in this court of owls and is, is maybe even looking to you know usurp Hamilton Hill as the leader of that group as well. So yeah, I definitely seem definitely seems like there's that idea of this, there's this power vacuum with, with Mayor Hill's death and or apparent death 
and uh, and that this this Mayfield character is sort of gunning for uh, for that top spot. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, all right, Liam. Well, let's let's uh, let's save uh, the rest of our speculation for the end of the uh, end of the issue, I suppose, or the end of the episode. But uh, I think it's about time we talked about uh, just how absolutely gorgeous this entire comic book is. So uh, we talked last issue, uh, Ty Templeton, who is still uh, being a warrior and, and battling his health problems, and we're still cheering him on and rooting for him. Um, so we talked about him having to step down, and then we had uh, Rick Burchett or Burchett, uh, or Burkett, however you pronounce uh, Mr. Burkett's last name, I apologize, <laughs> whichever way that is. Um, he took over art duties for last comic, uh, for issue three. Uh, now we're at issue four and it's interesting because originally, uh, Mr. Burchett was, was, uh, was named as the artist for the comic. Uh, but then somewhere in the middle of, I would say early sep- early to mid September, perhaps right around the time where we were kind of expecting, issue four to be released uh it was announced that he was going to be uh replaced uh by a different artist being mr jordan gibson uh a relatively unknown artist i would say in at least in the dcau world uh but man uh, i think it's safe to say that jordan gibson was born to draw this comic (laughs) Yeah, they are. Uh, they're really incredible, <laughs> and uh, and and you definitely. Sh- I definitely recommend following uh, Jordan on on social media. He uh, he's been very clear about his process, not only giving little art pre- previews, but uh, he also created a little title card sequence uh, to go with this episode that has the the credits uh, rolling like you would see at the start of an episode of the animated series. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, you, you can tell he talked about that, that this was a, a really, a really, uh, special treat for him. He was actually originally known as the, uh, the variant cover artist for this issue. It's an incredible cover with, uh, you know, Bruce standing in the cave, uh, holding the mask in his hand. And we sort of see in the, in the background, uh, where his shadow is, we see, a a young Bruce in his gray ghost outfit with a, with a gray ghost poster behind him. It's just incredibly striking. And I remember, uh, ourselves and I think everyone else, uh, when the, that image first came out, uh, just being so impressed and so in all of that as a, as a cover. And then when we found out that, uh, that Jordan, that they would be doing the, the interiors as well. And, uh, we started to see these, these little snippets from, from Jordan's account and from, uh, of course, best friend of the show, Monica, Cabina's uh, Instagram accounts. Uh, just it just it was very clear very quickly that this that Jordan is the perfect person to be uh, to be drawing this book, especially for this type of story. Uh, it's very again it has that sort of gritty film noir feeling. The way that a lot of those early episodes, there's a lot of black. A lot of this is just you know a lot of heavily in shadow stuff, not just Batman, but even you know from the very first panel we see the the bright blood red sky of Gotham City and sort of the city in the background and then just sort of the silhouette of the ship floating in the harbor and then again for a lot of the issue the muscle is is sort of encased in uh, in the shadows very much sort of this anti Batman and really the only things you make out are sort of these little red accents on his suit and these bright glowing red eyes that he has. It's just 
almost every page of this is just very striking and especially i think the use of shadow both in the the inking the way it was drawn and then of course monica's monica's colors on top of that just what a what a visual treat this is my goodness yeah i like go buy yourself a copy like i'm I'm, go buy yourself a copy if you can find the alternate cover uh by jordan go pick that up he also has released Lots of uh, alternate cover ideas that he did for that uh, for that that piece, which are that are just as beautiful, just as striking, just like de- probably deserve to be released as posters or something. Like you can tell that there's a innate love for this series, and he's very open about his love for Batman the animated series. He talked about how, you know, what a dream dream come true it was uh, to for for uh, for Jordan to be able to do this to, to be able to to draw this specific comic book so you know it just super cool super cool that that happens <laughs> you know that that they love this this com this this show and was influenced by it so much poured all that love into the cover and then gets the opportunity to to actually draw the issue and as you mentioned it from from the get-go the opening panel monica released uh, several of these panels actually on her on her instagram which you can check out at monica.cubina uh but man like the opening shot is this boat sailing across the gotham harbor and you get the blood red sky behind a giant moon you get the the noir gotham city on the left hand side it's just it looks like it was lifted from an episode of of the new batman adventures but it's also perfectly meshed with that original batman the animated series noir style so it's it's almost like the, a perfect hybrid between the two of them and as you mentioned the you know from the deep dark shadows that that cover a lot of the issue obviously uh, the muscle this mysterious character is in shadow for the majority of the first first several pages that you see him um, that meshed with Monica went with a, in those darker, heavier shadowed panels, she went with brighter colors a lot of times, which really makes the shadows seem deeper and darker and like they're coming through and maybe it's the moonlight that's really allowing uh, these characters to be seen at this time. We get the blood red sky of Gotham come through. Um, Of course, we mentioned, you know, the shadow work that she does uh, or that that was done for the, you know, the scenes with uh, Montoya. There's a really interesting panel here. When we first see uh, Montoya, there's uh, a shot of, of her standing holding her gun and Batman is standing over her shoulder. And then we get a shot of Batman standing on this rooftop. And if you zoom in, if you have the digital copy, or maybe if you if you have the physical copy, get a magnifying glass. But if you look way in the back on bat, over Batman's shoulder, you can see these two little red dots up in the corner, which are signify the muscle standing there. And then the very next panel is the muscle standing there holding this gun. And I thought, man, what an attention to detail. Like you did not have to put these two tiny red dots in there. Uh, but sure enough, you know, of course, of course, Monica and, and, and Jordan ended up doing that. And <laughs> I think that the rest of the issue, there's lots of, you know, uh, police action with, you know, doors being kicked down, uh, you know, perps running away, Batman swinging with a classic Batman swinging pose with his legs out and his sort of hands off to the side, holding holding this rope as he swings down the stairs and kicks these two bad guys uh, down the stairs. The shot from the scope inside of the muscles gun as he gets 
gets uh, gets Renee Montoya right in his crosshairs, I think is really great. Uh, you get a lot of expression out of Harvey Bullock. You can hear, uh, you know, uh, you can you can hear Robert Costanza's voice coming out of uh, him right there screaming, you know, there's a shooter right there. Like you could you can hear it as you're reading through this. And uh, it's just such a visual treat here. So many individual panels that are great. And it's interesting because you mentioned we have a brand new character here that uh, so there's lots of fun that's had in, in designing this character itself. He's clearly literally a giant muscly guy, but has a couple different looks here. He ha- almost in one one scene looks to have sort of like a militaristic look to him with a helmet and almost a, a skull like Punisher f- face mask that comes down over mm-hmm. his face with these blood red eyes, as we already mentioned. And then the scene where he's talking face to or uh, over the over the web with, with uh, Rupert Thorne. He's uh, the, the, you know, the bottom part of the face mask is off. And then uh, lots of more shadow in that final scene uh, in taking place in the gym and lots of tricks that uh, both Renee Montoya uh, pull. And, uh, and then there's, there's some, some real strong emotion that comes out in, in various different uh, shots too, of terror. And uh, certainly the muscle getting his arms uh, kind of blown through by these two bullets and dropping this, uh, this weight on his head. He kind of gets a classic cartoon, almost cross-eyed look with the weight dropping on his head. But man, um, I think I could look at these panels all day, every day for the rest of my life and, and not grow tired of them. It's, it's just, if, I think if, if Ty and Monica are the dynamic duo, I think it's safe to say that Ty and Jordan, or that, uh, that it's safe to say that Monica and Jordan are the world's finest, right? I love that. Yes, they are. <laughs> they are tremendous and they work so well together. Um, yeah, some of the shots, I think in that, that whole final sequence, it, it takes place as, as Renee is exiting the hospital after she gets the message from the muscle that, uh, uh, that Gloria has been kidnapped. It's, it's raining and it's, it's so like, it's dark. And I, I was actually looking at one of the, the captions that uh, Monica put on her Instagram for one of the posts. And she mentioned that it's dark, but not muddy. And I really liked that because everything else is still, it's very stark. And I think that is a thing. Just because you have a mute, you know, a darker color palette does not need it needs to be sort of muted and not striking. You mentioned how you know the brighter colors really pop, especially against those darker backgrounds. But yeah, even just some of the simple shots of uh, you know Renee in the police car driving and and the rains you know beating down or you know bat or the Batmobile sort of zipping down the highway as Alfred's driving is again some of those faces and even even some of the quieter moments like uh, you know when when Gloria's. Uh, congratulating Renee after giving her speech, and then and then the end when they're sort of reunited, the sort of the more tender moments, the romance moments there, like the you know it, it's it's all quite sweet and loving, and I I really love I really love that you know as as great as the action looked, as you mentioned, there's the moment where the room is sort of filled up with smoke, and he's about to seemingly uh, take a shot at uh, at Gloria, and Batman comes swinging in and kicks him in the back, and it's it's all just like foggy, and you just you see the silhouette of, uh, of the, the muscle with those red eyes and you can see his teeth. And then you see Batman swinging in and sort of amidst the smoke, you can make out the outline of his cowl and his eyes and a little bit of his utility belt. And it's just so, it's so dramatic. And like we, like we keep saying, it's right out of uh, an episode of, especially those early animated series episodes, you know, from that, from that first season when they were, when they were drawing the, the shows on uh, you know, the backgrounds on black paper and anything black could kind of, 
really seep into those backgrounds. That's really what this felt like to me. And that's not to say you don't have those bombastic moments like when when Batman throws the the exploding battering at the at the weight rack and you get this big burst of orange and the the dramatic boom from uh, from Josh Reed our letterer as well like that's uh, there's there's really just great work and I think what really stuck out to me is it's, it's as great as the action is some of those quieter moments just driving in the rain or or the the affection shown between Batman and Alfred talking in the Batcave and then Alfred gets tossed the little bat key fob. And, uh, and when he's informed that he's going to be driving the uh, the Batmobile and sort of the look of panic on his face as he's driving through Gotham, like there's a it's just a really all around super fun and super uh, dramatic and, and epic and and still still time for those lighter and, and sweeter moments as well. So just an, an A plus plus for 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 Jordan Gibson, the the artist for for best friend of the show monica as the colorist and uh, and again for 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 josh for josh reed as the uh, the letter here lots of great big sound effects in those moments where you need them like when when the when the muscle is getting shot through both of his arms and stuff like that <laughs> yeah. so and, and some of the big explosions and stuff that we see throughout the issues so yeah just an, an a really just everybody on their a game here yeah, I it, it's hard it's hard not to love this. I mean, we we generally love the art. I think last month uh, the art felt like a little bit of a letdown. There was some, you know, it felt like maybe it was a little bit rushed, or you know, there was some stuff that was left undone, or perhaps Mister uh, Burchett's uh, style has just changed uh, more than than it has uh, in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. more so than it was uh, back when he was doing the Batman Adventures, but. Uh, this felt uh, certainly more right at home. I think my favorite panels, um, I think my favorite panels are the the ones in the rain between the, there's a shot of the the police car driving in the rain. There's actually two different ones of the, of the mm-hmm. GCPD uh, police car that, that, uh, that Renee is driving through the rain. There's another beautiful shot uh, of the Batmobile coming through the rain as Alfred is driving it. And uh, then in, in uh, after uh, Ren- Renee has, has, uh, has, faked uh faked out the muscle and thrown this uh practice dummy down and uh he shoots it batman finally swoops in and there's this shot of uh all shadow on the the muscles face with just his shoulders sort of in lighting and then batman and the classic just the white lenses showing and uh, a little bit of back shadow coming through there but a, a sweeping sort of effect put over the page itself that makes it look like it's moving you know the characters are moving and gives you that swooping effect uh, just an absolutely beautiful panel there did you uh do you have a standout panel something that you that you loved uh, uh other than the ones you already mentioned or maybe even one of the ones you already did mention well, yeah, definitely those those ones that we we've now both talked about of uh, of Batman swooping in, in in the smoke and stuff. But just that first panel is you know the the sort of sequence of panels as Batman arrives at the docks. You sort of see him fl- just see the silhouette against the red sky with the cape flayed out, and then we see him looking through binoculars. We see a shot of him looking down at Montoya and and the rest of the cops. And there's there's this great three panel sort of sequential panel shot where it's uh, close up of Montoya and you see Batman sort of on the, on the building behind her looking. And then we get a close up of Batman uh, looking, looking down on her. And we see, if you look in the background, you can see some red eyes and then it sort of quote, you know, for lack of a better term, zooms out further to see that the muscle is watching Batman watching Montoya. And I was like, that's such a great 
like three panel sequence there. And again, it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's so, it's so dramatic and then sleeked in that everybody's in the shadows and sort of slinking behind each other. There's some really, really great stuff done there. And yeah, I think, I think that's a, that's a shot. And like I said, I, I really appreciated those, those quieter moments with, uh, with Renee getting the, the commendation and, even that that opening scene as uh, as the muscle is is talking to this uh, this Mayfield character and again still mostly in the shadow as they're standing on the docks and everything it's just everything's really seeped into that noir style that you know it always sort of fits a Batman's Batman book I think no matter almost no matter what the story is but it especially fits this story where it's sort of this very grounded uh, take on, on, you know, Batman and this, this, you know, one of the last honest cops in Gotham city and they're sort of on the defense sort of on their heels the whole time. And I think that the noir uh, feel to the whole issue really, really adds to that, that story. So that's, that's always something that uh, is going to get an extra thumbs up from us is not only is the art great, but it, it better enhances the story that the, that the writers are telling. So that's really all you can ask for. Absolutely. All right, Liam, uh, any speculation for where this is going? Uh, do we get, uh, do we finally get the owls returning next, uh, next month? Do you feel like, uh, I, I know we've seen a couple of panels, uh, that Monica has teased for next month's, uh, issue. And it appears that we are at least getting a partial flashback as we've seen, uh, so artist, uh, Rick Burchett, it will again be returning. It looks like to do issue number five. So, uh, unfortunately we, we must, uh, bid Jordan adieu for now, but hopefully, uh, Jordan Gibson will return for, uh, more work later. If, uh, if Mr. Templeton himself is not able to return, uh, for the series, uh, during this season, uh, but uh, it looks like we'll at least have a flashback of some kind because uh, we get Batman in his classic animated series uh, with the yellow oval around the bat. So uh, potentially, I guess we might get some more information about this Mayfield character, uh, maybe tying in with some uh, additional characters that uh, have already been reintroduced this season. Maybe the Vreelands or something. Uh, maybe his original interactions with Hamilton Hill Sr. If we're, if we're doing a power struggle type idea here, with the court of owls or uh, any speculation at all where you think this might be headed yeah so as you said we know that next month will be some sort of flashback to the early days of, of batman the animated series we've seen the original costume on display there as well as uh jim gordon's uh cowlick <laughs> uh so we know we know that it will be uh, set uh, beyond i believe paul dini also shared some uh some uncolored artwork from from mr burchett uh showing batgirl and robin in the issue so it does appear that uh, bruce will be telling that story to them and uh the little next box that we get at the bottom and of, of the last panel just says the mayhem campaign begins and cal speaking of the name mayhem i don't know i can't remember if we discussed this on at all on uh last month's uh, bonus episode or if we I think we discussed a little bit on social media but uh, there is a character named Mayhem that we know was active in Gotham City sometime prior to Batman Beyond starting uh, do we think this maybe ties in is this is this Pa Mayhem <laughs> I mean, the speculation is there. I think that 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 it would make sense. However, based on what we've witnessed thus far versus the first two seasons of 
of this uh, this comic book so far, we know that uh, Mr. Dini uh, and uh, Mr. Burnett don't necessarily like to tie in a lot of uh, future stuff into this this comic. So, you know, would they go that far to potentially allude to a character that's later brought into uh, the DCAU through Batman Beyond? Perhaps this would be the opportunity. We know that uh, in the episode Egg Baby, which we actually just recently covered, uh, there is uh, Ma Mayhem. Her her husband is alluded to. And then uh, Bruce tells a story that they uh, ran roughshod over Gotham for a period of time with a huge crime wave. So is it possible that they would use this opportunity to draw in that character, the the husband of Ma Mayhem, who we've dubbed Pa Mayhem, uh, give them the opportunity to explore that character that was referenced but never shown? Very well could be, or it could just be a coincidence. But uh, I'll cross my fingers and toes and say that uh, let's, let's tie this bad boy into a, a future storyline here. Let's box ourselves into a corner here and, <laughs> uh, and throw the continuity out the window, shall we? Well, yeah, and we, we've talked about this several times now, but, uh, you know, both both Alan Burnett and Paul Dini have talked about how they approached this comic was, a, you know, a sort of a what if there was another season of those new Batman adventures, and they didn't go right into beyond. So I don't necessarily know that. And we've certainly seen that with some of the things they've done with this and, and with uh, sort of the fast and loose connections this has to the Justice League series that they're they weren't necessarily super worried about connecting it directly and making it all fit neatly so much as this is uh, maybe for them just a, a fun, a fun what if. And like we said, we, we leave it to other folks. If you if you want to force this into direct canon with uh, with the DC DCAU shows, you're you're welcome to try. Or if you want to say, you know, confidently, this is an alternate universe, you're welcome to do that as well. We're not uh, we're not here to tell you how to uh, how to enjoy this, but uh Either way, uh, whether or not it's perfectly in canon or not, uh, hey, more issues like this, uh, you can make as many issues with this. I don't, uh, you know, I don't care how many continuity errors you make. Like, I'm, <laughs> if we get more stories like the one we got here today, I'm, uh, I'm all for it. Amen to that. Uh, completely agree with you. All right, Liam, well, that will wrap us up for this month's, uh, well, this edition of this month's uh, bonus episode. Don't forget, just a few short weeks, we'll be covering our next bonus episode of the Justice League Infinity comic book, which is covering what would have happened post-Justice League Unlimited. So uh, lots of good stuff happening there. Lots of a little bit more uh, attention paid, it seems, by Mr. James Tucker and J.M. DeMatteis, who are both uh, former uh, DCAU veterans and guys that wrote Justice League Unlimited and Justice League. So uh, they've done a, a lot of fan service as far as the continuity is concerned. So lots of great stuff happening over there. So check those out. Pick up these comics and the uh, Batman the Animated or Batman the Adventures Continue comics as well as the Justice League Infinity comics at your local comic shop or on digital platforms uh, wherever you get your comics. Liam, excited to talk more about this, see where this storyline is going, and hopefully enjoy more beautiful artwork next month. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU. Bye-bye. <laughs>